This is episode 15 with glitch artist and Bitcoin artist, Biddy. Yes, it was just like, oh, I can make Bitcoin art. I can make art about Bitcoin. It doesn't have to be so serious. It doesn't have to be so laden. Hello, crypto art world, and welcome to The Outer Realm, the Second Realm Studio podcast. I'm your host, Eric Paul Rhodes, a former experienced designer turned crypto artist. And each week we'll talk to artists and professionals in the crypto art space. Thank you for spending time with me today, and now let the show begin. My guest today is Biddy, and we talk about everything from struggling with a mental health journey to having a creative block for 10 years that was unlocked by crypto art and being interested in the mechanics of data manipulation in glitch art. Hello, Biddy with three T's. How are you? <laughs> Hi. What's with the three T's? Tell us about it. Uh, I wanted a name that uh, just referenced Bitcoin in some way. And it was the first thing that came to mind. And three T's just felt right. So what would like um, seven-year-old Biddy looking at yourself be thinking at this moment in time? I think seven-year-old Biddy would be pleased. Um, it's been a long time coming that uh, I sort of found my comfort zone and um, yeah, maybe that's for later, but, um, but, but I had a great childhood um, for the, the earlier part of it, um, up until adolescence, really. And then my parents got divorced and um, my mom, uh, she was diagnosed um, schizophrenic to begin with. You know, the diagnosis shifted all over the place and she was just, ugh. It was just a, a very long, slow, downhill slog of uh, tough times. Um, were, you living, were you living with your mom at that time during the divorce? No, no. She actually left. And... Um, and at the time, it seemed it seemed okay. It, it seemed like you know, okay, the crazy person is leaving, right? Um, and and I was really indifferent to her for a while, and then we became really good friends um, once I started high school, and um, and from then from then on. Yeah. So, no, I, I did have a good childhood. For high school, what was your experience like in high school? I personally did not uh, really enjoy high school too much. Yeah, high school was pretty rough. Um, but what saved me was um, getting a job at the local golf and stuff arcade place. And uh, and it was just kids from all the high schools were there and it just blew everything away. All the politics of, of you know, one school didn't matter anymore. So that was great. So, I had so did, did you have a favorite um, in sort of that arcade? Did you have a favorite game you like to play after hours? Oh, yeah. Um, I liked, I remember really liking Burger Time. <laughs> Um, joust. Uh, I don't know. Moon Patrol. I played a lot of them. <laughs> Do you have any boxes in your house? No. Uh, I just have this funny um, Atari flashback, which is actually really shitty. And I recently took it apart to try to um, to try to make like glitch art with it <laughs> so it's just all in parts all around here right now but, so um, what is it i've i don't know what it is uh, it's it's a miniature version of the me. atari 2600 
and it's it's just it's just shitty i don't know it's just shitty it's like you just you turn it on you know you don't have cartridges you turn you turn it on and it's kind of like this thing comes on and sort of does that and you know <laughs> it's just like it's, it's and is not, it attached to this like a like a screen or is it yeah. just a box and then you put it well, you, you to plug it TV. in it has the the old-fashioned um connectors to, to hook up to a tv or or to an hdmi <laughs> you have to get like a converter to get it to, to do the hdmi how are you really, planning to do some glitch art with that well i saw someone online who did it and of course, you know, people who do these things, they, they're not really very, you know, forward, forthcoming with their methods. And it's like, you know, yeah, you just get a screwdriver and, you know. So, so you're scratching, um, scratching the board a little bit? Well, I haven't gotten to that stage yet. I, it's, it's still, you know, not molested <laughs> but i but i will <laughs> i definitely will i can't wait to see what kind of art comes out of that and is it sort of like messing with the games and uh, the way the games glitch or are you using it with images that you created like how are you planning to all i'm trying to do is get to get something to happen i want to just get some natural glitches and basically, um, Photomosh, you know, using the Photomosh app really made me curious about how, you know, data is corrupted and the different methods of doing that. So I've started, I've just started playing around with um, a little bit of data bending and like, opening files in the wrong program and editing them and reopening them in Photoshop to see what happens. Have you found any interesting patterns or techniques? You don't have to share the techniques here, but you know, anything that with like cool images and glitches that's been going on? Well, I think they're cool, but you know, like I just took a photo and you know, edit it in uh, in Audacity yeah, as a as a as a music file, as a sound file, and of course you play it and it's like, you know, it just sounds awful, and um, you know, chop it up and do things to it, and um, and then you get a squirrely picture, and I <laughs> I think it's exciting. Now, have you published, have you minted any of them or shared them or are you sort of just collecting them at this point? At, at this point, I'm, I'm still experimenting. Yeah. But all, all of the stuff that I've minted so far is a combination of apps of, I think, four different, yeah, four different glitch apps. And I try to mix it up so that you can't identify you know, you know, when you look at something and you can tell how it's made and you're kind of like, eh. I don't know. I you, like that. Yeah. When you look at something, you're like, oh, that's photo mosh with the. Yeah. You know. When you can just, yeah. When there's no mystery. I try really hard because I use photo mosh in some yeah. of my pieces, but yeah. I always pull it back into Photoshop and do something else to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, because I don't want. I don't want, unless it's intentionally supposed to be moshed like the, uh, like the people's potato. Yeah, you exactly. Know. That yeah. was intentionally just one mosh, one button, and yeah. I took whatever came from it. Um, yeah, the humor factor is amazing. <clears throat> photo mosh. It's, have you tried photo mosh pro? I haven't. I, I sent them, Colin got to get the, whatever the beta version and um and he's bragging about it and i'm just like oh, God. so so i so i wrote them a dm and they're like no sorry and he's like well i guess you have to be special yeah the uh you could buy it now it's out you can yeah but 
it doesn't look like they promoted promoted it very well. It's at the huh. bottom of the website. I just bought it. It's like 30, oh, yeah. 40 bucks, I think. Uh, I haven't really played with it too much, but um, I will. I'm looking forward to playing with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be getting that should that. be fun. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about how art fits into, like, uh, I don't, we've talked a little bit, but I don't remember if you studied art in, in high school and college, um, if you did or didn't, tell me about your experience in, during that time with art. Well, when I was in high school um, and I would get insomnia, I would get out a notebook and, um, and just sort of make patterns and doodles and um, these sort of obsessive lists. And, um, <clears throat> and I was really embarrassed I remember one time at school, like one of a page fell out on the, and I was just mortified. But um, uh, I started going to, basically in high school, my grades were pretty bad. I really didn't attend much and just sort of skated by. Um, so, and I really just, had no idea about the future or what to do. And uh, I started taking some uh, junior college classes. I did like a tour of junior colleges in Southern California. And, um, <clears throat> and I was always drawn to the humanities classes. So I found myself in a color theory class. That was my first art class in Rancho Cucamonga, <laughs> a Chafee College. And, um, and, and that, you know, the professor said, you know, you, you should continue with this. And I'm, okay. So, so yeah. And then I just, you know, got obsessed with making art and, um, showing it and, um, I got into, uh, San Francisco Art Institute and I transferred there. So I was there for three years as an undergrad. And then I applied to grad schools and I got into out of state schools. Um, I really wanted to go to UCLA, but I didn't get in. And um, so I didn't go. And then each year when the deadlines came around, I sort of Tor you know, tortured myself. Oh, apply. And um, you know, the years went by, and um, and I and I just didn't go. And then I met my wife, who was doing a residency at the San Francisco Art Institute through Oxford. She was in San Francisco for like three months, and. Um, and she is a, a very well-known established artist. So, um, you know, we just clicked and I ended up moving to London and I ended up working with her uh, in her studio and traveling with her, installing shows. And um, I really feel like that was my grad school experience was living in London and, you know, being in the, attached to the London art world. And then I started showing a little bit. And then we moved to California and, um, and I stopped making art. And it, it, um, it went on and on and on. I had just this, like this creative block. I couldn't, you know, get satisfied with anything. And, um, And this went on for 10 years and, <laughs> and it was awful. And basically I found out that I'm bipolar. So I had been, I was depressed for 10 years. It's just, it's amazing how you can be so entrenched in a situation that you don't, that it doesn't even occur to you you know, that there might be a 
a reason that you feel so shitty. Hi, my cat's here. Come on. I got my guys bumping my back the entire time. Oh, yeah, I can see his tail going Yeah, this. yeah. Green eyes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she's a pretty girl. Yeah. How did you end up coming to, like, the decision to get help or seek help for your, like, find out that you were bipolar? Did it happen accidentally or, you know, how did that happen? I completely lost the plot. I had a psychotic break. I was completely delusional, out of control. And um, I, and I was already in therapy because I figured out that I was depressed. And, um, but then we figured out that I was bipolar when I went completely manic. So um, it was really messy. And um, I'm really, <laughs> really lucky that um, my marriage didn't fall apart. Uh, and she stuck it out. And um, since getting on the meds and just, you know, avoiding stuff I should avoid, um, I've been doing really well. And, and then finding crypto and Bitcoin and NFTs in that order, you know, just completely was just a total game changer. Why? Did it, so did that unlock your um, like block that you had? Yes. Yes. It was just like, oh, I can make Bitcoin on it. I can make art about Bitcoin. It doesn't have to be so serious. It doesn't have to be so laden, you know? So I started doing that and um, I, I got, I got a place in the, uh, uh, the, the Bitcoin conference um, that of course has been postponed twice now, but, um, but that's what got me started. So I made a body of work and then, um, and then that got postponed. So I made a website and you know, got on Twitter and promoted it and just started selling the drawings like going to meetups, people would, you know, get interested there. And I, the way that I found NFTs, I was actually like right on the cusp of being a Bitcoin maximalist. I was just all gung ho. I got wrecked in 2017 on shit coins. And I was just like, oh, it's just all about Bitcoin. I'm, I'm in the cult. It's great. And then I looked up I looked into NFTs. I, I was curious to look into NFTs to um, just to make NFT versions of the of the Bitcoin work. And I stumbled across Christy Glass's Pixel Cats on Instagram, and I just thought they were genius. I just had to have one, and um, and then so NFTs just made sense to me immediately. And was that the first NFT that you purchased? Yes. How long after you purchasing your NFT did you mint your first F- NFT? Probably a week. So, so <laughs> you bought like you bought like right into it. It was. I was just hook, line, and sinker. I just went all in. Yeah. Yeah. So first, I did some Bitcoin stuff, and. Um, and, you know, and then like a week later, maybe I, well, you know, I could make anything. Ooh, oh, my God. Okay. Ooh, how scary. Ooh, how exciting, you know. So, so I just started out with some public domain imagery and I still had the copyright, you know, like, oh, my God, public domain, public domain. Um, and yeah, it just sort of tentatively, you know, stepped in. And then when I discovered Photomosh, you know, I mean, it was just, forget it. 
that was the end of it for you <laughs> or the beginning of it the beginning <laughs> the right? beginning of the end <laughs> what mediums were you working in uh prior to let's say 10 years ago or the 10 years prior uh when you stopped what was your primary medium i was mostly drawing and um, doing some sculpture and yeah and I found that when I went to art school, I, um, I was really interested in installation and video art and new genres. And um, luckily I didn't enroll in that track. I got into the, inter they had an interdisciplinary option. So I got to take classes, I used to take whatever I wanted. And I ended up taking all these painting classes and getting obsessed with painting, thinking I was a painter. And, um, and then I met my wife who's a sculptor and she's looking at my paintings and she's like, I kind of think you're a sculptor. And I'm like, shit, you know, sculptures take up so much space. <laughs> they're, you know, they're, it's a nightmare. You know, it's the worst thing to be as a sculptor. It's the best and the worst. Um, so, so I started making sculpture and, um, and really my heart was in drawing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. How does, how does the work that you did in sculpture and your drawing sort of influence uh, the work you're doing now in digital? Um, well, I'm definitely still drawn to abstraction. <clears throat> um, and, but it has to make sense to me. Like, it's not just abstracting something. It's, it's like, it's not, it's not about abstracting away from an image. It's more like moving toward something, but through, through obliterating something. <laughs> and I think I that's think, really beautiful. I think it sort of snatches up the sculpture and the drawing and that's, and then I've returned to my initial interest of video. And how, how are you returning to your initial interest of video? Well, the NFTs are, you know, the little videos, the little, little videos. Yeah, they, that's true. I, I guess I never thought of it that way. Um, I just think of their animations, right? If they're, if they're animated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I really... Always... I really enjoy making the stills, though. I really do. I think the most. I mean, it's fun to make the animated ones, but I think uh, I don't think that's true. I was going to say that I think the um, the stills are more um, substantial, but I I don't think that's true. Thinking thinking about it now. When I, when I start a piece, um, I was never a sculptor, sculptor, but when I start a piece, <clears throat> I think I tend to think of it that way in that um, the piece starts to tell me how it's, how, how it's supposed to look. Yeah. You know, I never go in with like, a, maybe I go in with a predefined plan and then that just gets totally messed up because yeah you know, it doesn't work but when i go in saying i i want to i have a feeling and i want to work with that feeling and then the piece comes out from that it's like i'm sculpting but with digital effects as opposed to like 3d totally. uh, modeling and i yeah. totally i totally jive with that yeah it really does feel like sculpting, doesn't it? You, you sort of chip away at this problem. Where do you see yourself in 
in crypto art in like a year or two? Like, are you a collector? Because I know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I'm going with this question. <laughs> I really loved your idea of um, sort of having a collection of something that was like aesthetically connected. It, yeah. Am I grabbing that right? And you were you were you were talking about this online. I want you to describe that to me, and then sort of tell me where you see that going. In terms of collecting, um, well, I collect records. I actually have stopped collecting records since crypto, <laughs> but I have that in me to collect. And, um, and when you collect over a period of time, you start to see uh, threads that run through, you know, you can have a variety of different interests that, you know, may seem really disparate, but, um, but there's a certain tone or a there's just a certain something that that's what a good collection does is is you know it's like a person it has a personality um, you you know you you feel that that person's aesthetic and their ethics and their you know where they're coming from so one of the things that we're talking about during Trash Art Week is curation on the blockchain with Sasha from yeah. Blockchain Art Exchange. And I've been trying to get other platforms to join in, but they seem reluctant. Uh, but he has that curation background. And, um, you know, I feel like you, you, have, um, you have that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm curious what your thoughts on curation on the blockchain is, or it looks like, and what it could look like in, say, 10 years. Well, the beauty of the situation now, of course, and, and this is best exemplified by Rarible, where, uh, and maybe BAE, where there's just this freedom it's open. Um, I think NFT showroom has a something good going on there as well. Um, but yeah, they don't have that generic sort of sheen, that gloss. You know, when I look at uh, at, at the other big platforms, you know. Uh, I sort of, you know, I'm dozing. I'm looking and dozing off, and then oh, something pops out. Oh my God, that, you know, and that that becomes even more interesting to me because, you know, by contrast. Um, but what I think, what I'd like to see happen is more of a peer review type situation, and I think that you know, artists like us who um, can take on a little bit more than just a studio practice, I think it's our responsibility to step into that role. And so I certainly, and I, I came to you with this idea that I wanted to do something on, like make a wallet gallery <clears throat> on Rarible. And I still wanna do that. Um, I'm not quite so frazzled, but um, but yeah, I think I think it's going to come from. I think it should come from from the artists, and yep. you know, may, there could be some guidance. There could be some. I, I but I think you know, I really think it has to be loose. I talked to Jay Delay and during his i think he talked a little bit about this during his um during his podcast mm -hmm. where he talked about groups of artists coming together to not only do collaborations but do curations you know yeah. um i think there's room for both like the classic gallery 
method that super rare and some of, and some of the more quote unquote prestigious platforms are using i get that but there i think there's greater opportunity for like you're talking about these peer peer reviewed peer curated uh opportunities to showcase all kinds of great content you know um I, we are still so early in nft world it's true but it it feels like being early and then watching people come in sometimes i get the feeling of like oh but you don't really know what it's mm -hmm. like you know and then i have to remember everybody's sort of experiencing this for themselves and uh, i have hesitation so i'm curious do you have hesitations about like new projects coming in like when you see them uh you know what are your thoughts on uh like the oh the hash was it the hash masks hash masks you know? oh my god what are your thoughts on that i i don't know what i think about hash masks i spent a good three hours the other night pouring over them trying to unlock the secrets of them and then i finally went to the website and then it was like because i i on my own, I figured out that the name was something important because the names were so incongruous and like it was reminding me of um, web domain names, like, you know, people scrambling to get um, names, you know, titles that, um, you know, I mean, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> It's quite a phenomenon. I think the project itself is, you know, um, interesting. But, but mm -hmm. then, then when we have um, these huge, like, just people, you know, to use lingo from the term from the industry, people aping in and like yeah. paying one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. I'm like, here yeah. I am slinging my slinging yeah. my stuff and yeah. hoping to get an ETH and then 70 anonymous artists come along yeah, and all of a sudden one of them is going for a hundred, the other one's going for 50. Like, wh what am I doing wrong? You know, so that's what I feel like when, when I, it's, when a project like that comes in. Insanity. It, it's just like, I mean, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't believe my eyes. And then, and then, what I, what was really interesting to me is seeing the flood, like the floodgates opened and suddenly all these people came out of the woodwork with their work and like five ETH, 10 ETH, you know? <laughs> and it's not the artists that are benefiting, it's the collectors that, you know, are, which I don't have an issue with collectors benefiting. Yeah. Uh, they they're part of the ecosystem you know it's it's symbi yeah. it's a symbiotic relationship uh, but a project like that where nobody knows who the artists are I'm like come on yeah. man well it's another situation of you know it's going to get all this press and you know and that's the thing that always gets the press is the prices you know who's selling for what which is you know kind of interesting but it's not everything. No, it's not. And it's unfortunate that the, the money is what gets the press. And there's, there's great opportunity there. Um, mm -hmm. If I try to reframe it, it's sort of like, well, okay, it's not, I didn't make $100,000 off a painting. That's great. But that means more collectors are maybe coming in. Uh, you know, maybe I want to believe yeah. that perspective i don't know I, I don't i don't feel good about hash masks but i'm trying to that's a <laughs> that's a good good way to be <laughs> oh man. any other projects out there that you're sort of like keeping an eye on uh, maybe inspired by uh um 
the generative stuff, um, I'm sort of halfway in, halfway out about, um, I mean, I have, a, I have a squiggle. I like those little colored rainbow squiggles a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, nothing is really, in terms of that kind of a project, Nothing's really coming to mind. I I really like the um, the degen punks. The um, that guy uh, Burke Princess Camel has made. He took every single punk and fed it into uh, what is it a gan G A N whatever thing, and and they're all fucked up. So all their faces are like, mm, you know, doing this and that and everything, and um, and they're and they're affordable, you know. So I bought one of those. I, I haven't really seen that project. I really want to. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah. I love the idea of of moshing the punks. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you using gotta, Gan to do that. Yeah, you got to check that out. That's it's really sweet. Um. No, mostly I'm I'm interested in in individual artists, and um, I I am really interested in in glitch art, and 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 when I say that I do mean like, you know the the mechanic, getting into the mechanics of of how um, how data can be manipulated. Um, but I don't know if that's just something of me like needing to come, needing to come to an understanding, you know. Um, is that how you, is that how you sort of solve or look to solve problems that you're interested in? Because where I'm, where, where I see an alarm here for me is um, if I find something that I'm interested in, I'll dig into it until I get to a point where I feel like I'm satisfied. Yeah. But I, I never know going into it, whether it's going to be five minutes or yeah. five years. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly how I feel. Um, and why not, you know? <laughs> when I entered NFTs, I was like, what is, what is this all about? You know, yeah. uh, I thought, all right, I'll apply. I'll check this. I'll upload okay. some digital art, whatever. <laughs> and uh, it's become oh. my passion. I, I didn't expect that. You know, I had for a long time uh, felt it really difficult to call myself an artist. I, I always want, wanted to be an artist. And now looking back, I always was. Uh, yeah. But I found it really difficult. So like graphic artist was a lot easier to accept. Um, designer was a lot easier to accept. And it mm -hmm. wasn't until the NFT space that I really began to like, not only accept Second Realm as an artist, but accept Eric as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. And now, now that's totally shifted. Like, you know, I'm, I'm an artist, you know, uh, and I own that, but that's a whole other level of responsibility. Cause now I feel like, oh, well, I got up my game now, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm starting to take, uh, intuitive drawing classes in February. Oh, nice. Yep. It's going to be fun, but I just wanted to have a, a, a drawing practice again. That was not job related because this has become a job. Yeah. Um, is this, is this your, is NFT space your job? Do you have another career outside of the NFT space? Well, it feels like I have two careers because the Bitcoin thing is a very different animal. It's making physical, traditional artwork for Bitcoiners. And Bitcoiners are very different. <laughs> They're a very particular group of people. <laughs> and I don't want to piss them off. 
<laughs> I like being a Bitcoiner and, um, and I really struggle with Ethereum. It really, really is, um, I, I am really grateful that it's there and that we have NFTs. Um, but man, those gas prices pretty bad. Gas is a pain in every artist's back right now. Oh. I, I mean, the, you know, paying isn't isn't it's okay to pay. I, I think I, I think it's great to you know pay for you know your materials, pay for your tools, you know, no problem. But fuck, it's just out of control. I tried to mint a piece two days ago, and they wanted seven hundred and ninety-five dollars, and I was like. <laughs> No, no fucking way, not happening. You can't even accept bids on, the, you know, people are bidding on, on things. You can't, you know, no. Do you, so we talked a little bit about NFT showroom, right? And some of the other uh, mm -hmm. platforms. Do you, do you, do you primarily work in the Ethereum space for your NFT stuff or do you explore other platforms? I just today was trying to buy Hive again. We went through this when I bought a piece from you. <laughs> uh, trying to buy some Hive so I can buy some, you know, buy some NFTs at uh, NFT showroom. And uh, I like the prices over there. I like the vibe. I could definitely see myself minting over there. Um, I'm, a, I'm gearing up to, I'm actually making a website and um, it's nearly finished. And I'm gonna use that to apply to a couple of the big ones just Financially, I can't not do it. I, it needs to happen. So. It makes sense um, to do that totally. I, I was telling Max, I think I, or was it somebody else? Doesn't matter. I, I regret uh, burning the bridge with Super Rare. Mm. I, don't I don't regret what I did, the, mm. the, um, the remix but I regret having that bridge burnt because that's one of the spaces where the collectors are. And right now it matters where the art is minted. Yeah. In 20 years, I don't think it's going to matter. I think what's going to matter is that it came from the artist's wallet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, right, right now it matters that it's from super rare. Um, and I think I'm missing out on some big money there. But, you know, yeah. it led me to doing this because I have, I, I ultimately want to find other ways to monetize. And if I could monetize a podcast after gaining, you know, some success, that'd be awesome. Yeah. But I totally understand your, your approach there. I think it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. And that'll be a relief to just have that done. Um, but yeah, but I, th I mean, like your situation, it's exciting that you, you know, you're innovating, you know, you're, you're solving the problem and that's what the space is all about. That's what trash art taught me, you know, was just, you just make it happen. Like the yeah. trash art week came from a thread and just blew up you know that's that's how trash art happened too and you you came in um a little bit after uh the whole trash art experience but you you really sort of like jived i think with the expression the art the aesthetic what was it that drew you to the quote-unquote trash artists um, I think you guys sort of came to me and you were the most interesting people 
in the room, basically. <laughs> you, you reached out to me at one point and Colin reached out to me and, um, and then, you know, we, you know, just continued conversing and I don't remember what, what possessed me to make, to do a garbage truck, um, uh, gif, but, um, but I did and, and then Rob bought one and, and Colin bought one and, 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 you know, DM'd me and said, you know, yeah, that's, you know, you're making trash art. <laughs> you're making some good trash art. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, I can dig it. So, so we came to you. I don't think, wow, I don't even remember. Oh, you know what? I think you wrote something on Twitter and then I DM'd I, you. Well, I said, I had it, I think in my, um, it might even still be in my, uh, Twitter title or whatever, bio, like it's an uh, NFT dealer. So you DM'd me and you said, so what is it, what exactly does an NFT dealer do? I'm genuinely curious. <laughs> I remember that. Yes. I was like, well, I don't know. I'm making it up. <laughs> I was like, hold on. It's such a wild space. I mean, the, the crypto art space, people are, the artists are genuinely open and, and you know, you can connect with them. Yeah. Uh, that's something that I, that I never really enjoyed about the traditional art space. Like when I went to art school, I was like, this ain't for me, you know? Very I, knew, I knew then, yeah. 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 Um, what is your your wife is a traditional artist what does she think about the sort of nft space <laughs> she is befuddled she's really happy that, that that i'm happy and um and making money that's very good and um but you know she tells people oh she's doing her bitcoin you know <laughs> She's doing her nifties. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So like it's a, it's totally foreign to her in, in, oh, yeah. con in concept or like she, obviously she gets the art aspect. Is it like the concept of digital ownership? Yeah, it's, it's that. And it's how it, you know, that it's on the blockchain. She's still trying to wrap her head around Bitcoin. Um, so I bought one of those uh, digital canvas things. I still, it's leaning against, it's been leaning against the wall for like two weeks. <laughs> I still haven't installed it. But this is my big idea to show people I want to on-ramp people, you know, I want, I want some of my artist friends to get, to get in there. So. Yeah. Get them to be some, uh, early adopters. Totally. Yeah. Which, which canvas, uh, which frame did you get? The canvas, the Samsung, uh, there's a few out Mural? there. Mural. Mural. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very nice. It's very pretty. Yeah. I, they look like they're well constructed. I just can't see myself uh, clunking down that money yet. Yeah, well, I bought it on credit. And it makes no sense. You buy, I buy shit on credit because I won't take my crypto out. It makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> no sense. No sense, but I do it too. But it does make sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. That's the crypto life, right? <laughs> we live this balance between fiat, credit, and, uh, and crypto. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just trash my credit. I don't care. <laughs> I worked so hard to get my credit where it is now. I'm afraid yeah. to trash it. Yeah. I don't really mean that. <laughs> so
So do you have your mural frame up and running? And if you do, what piece is on there right now? No, it's, it's, it's still leaning against the wall. The, the things in the box still, the cords are in the box and the, it's just like waiting for me to... After I get my website up, then I'll get the mural up. Well, when you do, you gotta take a picture of it and let everybody know. Oh yeah, believe me. Yeah, yeah. So when you're, is this, I see you're sitting at a desk, you've got an awesome amount of books, already warms <laughs> my heart. Uh, are you a reader? Do you read a lot? I read, I don't read in a linear fashion. I think, I think a lot of us don't do that anymore. You know, you pick up a book, you read a chapter, you look at the pictures. <laughs> I don't read fiction. And um, I don't know, I've, I've, I've heard or I've read that, that it's good for you to read fiction and um, that it helps build empathy. But I, I think I got enough of that. I, I, I read non-linearly too. I think right now I'm reading between five and seven books. I just have to, yeah. and they're all in different spots. Oh yeah. And those are the spots where I read that book. Yeah. Um, totally. And I read a ton of nonfiction, ton. Yeah, that's but, really all I read. Yeah, but I'll read fiction every now and then. Uh, something that's really good. Loved The Hunger Games, loved mm -hmm. Twilight. So a lot of the YA stuff, you know, uh, and then recently read Dune, which is like a really Ooh. famous uh, sci-fi novel. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I was expecting it to be awful. Yeah. But it's so good. You've got to read it. I could read Dune. And when they make the movie, they're definitely going to... There's no way the way the, the characters are written can be made today. No way. So no. it's like, it's even a better, it's a, it's going to be a better book than movie in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've sold me. Do you, do you have a favorite book? Of, of fiction? Favorite book? I don't know. Um, nothing really pops to mind. I, I have my Bitcoin books over here. I have my glitch books over here. Um, <laughs> these are all art books. Mostly, they're mostly art books. And the, this is, and they're not just mine. They're, they're ours together. Um, and they're very dusty. Um, well, it's a good thing uh, we're not going to be sharing the video then. It's not dusty at all, people. I can't see the dust. <laughs> so if you had advice for a new artist, such as, as you were coming into the space, uh, as you've learned, what's one piece of advice you wish somebody would have told you at the beginning of your NFT journey? Um, don't mint everything. It's not, I want to burn all this stuff now. And it like, you know, it costs money. It costs money to burn $15, $27, $43. I don't know. We were quite money. lucky to be able to burn for 30 cents or even a dollar oh. back back in like six months ago. Yeah. And there were people warning us, I don't remember who, about being mindful of what you're minting. Yeah. You know, the burn shouldn't be treated so freely. And I feel like now- Well, it's not really a burn, is it? I mean, it, it's, it still right. exists. They can still be dug up. And you can and embarrass you, you know, or whatever. 
Well, the the burn wallet is got to be the richest wallet <laughs> in the world because it's the you know the address is like all those zeros and then dead. Yeah. And it's like that's the uh, that's the official burn wallet, but really it's just an address that nobody's likely ever going to have. You know, yeah. it was just randomly designated the burn wallet. Has anyone seen the burn wallet? Sure, yeah. you could you could just go view it on uh, on Super Rare or uh, Rarible, you know, and see the collection. It's, I mean, they've got a ton of my stuff in there. Like, I'm sure other artists have sent shit to the Burn Wallet. Yeah, it's been wild. Well, it can't be as good as the Spam Wallet. No, Spam Wallet's pretty good. Spam's getting ready to gear up for 2.0 though. I know. I'm very excited about that. No, I don't want to give too much away. But that's going to be a really fun project, I think. Yeah. So you're, are you doing, this website is going to be your personal website? It's going to be my second personal website. I have mm. one for the Bitcoin gig, which is BitFandango. And this is, this, the site is biddy.org. And um, it, it's turned out to be a lot of work because, you know, I want it to be a tool to on-ramp people. So I ended up sort of breaking it into sections of the different bodies of work, that, the, the progression of, um, you know, what I've made. And, um, but then rather than just a straightforward, you know, gallery, it's editorial style with some writing. And so it sort of guides the, you know, it's, it's, it's written for the, for the, the normie, the layman who doesn't know what an NFT is. Um, and yeah. It's kind of hairy. You what? It's kind of hairy, you know. Well, it's a meaty. It's a meaty topic. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the bit fan. Was a bit fandango. Bit fandango. And do do you go by the artist name Biddy for that as well? No, Biddy is. I have to keep them separate, or I go crazy. Mm. So Biddy is is NFTs. Bitfandango is <clears throat> is Bitcoin. And um, and they're both a lot of fun. Have you minted um, a lot of Bitcoin art, or you have you kept that separate too? I, I mean, I don't I don't remember seeing much. No, I I've done a few pieces, and I've really wasn't happy with most of it there's maybe one i think that is and it's the first one i did um that i actually like um but yeah they didn't quite i tried to just translate the drawings as like an nft version of the drawing and um something was missing. Um, and then I, <clears throat> and then I did an experiment and I, tr I tried, I went into Photomosh with them and messed around and uh, it was goofy, but, um, I'd like to figure that out. I tend, I don't, um, do a whole lot of coin related art, but I've, I did some link and maybe some Ethereum. But I tend to, it tends to be, my art tends to be more personal. Yeah. Uh, right now, specifically about sort of my mental health journey. Uh, yeah. Actually, they're, they're all kind of about my mental health journey. <laughs> if I really think about it. Um, how do you connect with your pieces as Biddy? Um. 
Biddy has, um, I really love Biddy. I love being Biddy. Um, it's, it's free and it's fun and, um, and I can fuck up and it doesn't matter too much, you know? Um, and the Bitcoin thing is, you know, I have that, I have that already locked down, you know, with the separate practice. And I don't think I need to belabor that. Um, and now I think of Biddy more of like bits, like computer bits, and that I'm digging into learning how, you know, how data is constructed and, um, you know, like, like making a sculpture where you need to understand your material that you're working with. So it's not just like uh, you, you've transitioned from Biddy as something related to Bitcoin mm -hmm. to Biddy as something related to Bit, the, mm -hmm. you know, and the bytes that generate our, you know, connected world, totally. even the devices that we use. Um, are you going to do more sort of device related glitching? Definitely. And I'm reading this book. I can't, I, you know, I shouldn't say I'm even reading it yet because I haven't actually read any words, but the book keeps going with me room to room. And, um, that's reading. Yeah. I, it, it counts for something for sure. Um, but it's a glitch. I think it's called glitch feminism. And, and it's just turned out to be um, written by, uh, I think she's a curator um, and she's black and all of the artists are black. And, um, but it's not writ it's not focusing on, the, on, on race. It's focusing on, um, on feminism and, um, I think there's, I think there's, um, there's something that I have to, uh, sort of reckon with, um, about identity. And I'm right now in the art world, it's all about identity and it's, it's suffocating. It's just, it's just too much. And um, but I think I need to sort of find my stance with it. So, um, so I, I, I want, this has been a recent sort of discovery that, that, that I want to sort of figure that out. When you say the art world is all about identity, do you mean uh, traditional art world as we understand it or? Yeah. 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 And I mean, when my wife teaches at a university, I used to teach at a university and um, it's very felt on, on the university campus right now. It's just like, um, you know, this Gen Z, I guess, uh, you know, they, they're approaching the world really differently, really thinking about, you know, who they are and, um, they're not taking any shit. <laughs> we... Well, I say we, but I don't want to answer for you. I grew up uh, in a an Italian family, and men fit a certain box. Mm. Uh, I struggled with that my entire life because I didn't fit in that box. Yeah, you know, um, 
I'm still trying to figure out my identity as a man, as a a sexual being too. <clears throat> you know, that's um, it's such a uncomfortable space, and mm. I'm I'm happy that Gen Z sort of like is challenge that feels the freedom to challenge that and live their live their life however yeah. th- you know the ones that do feel comfortable exposing that but i didn't grow up that way and socially it still feels uh like a struggle like second realm is you know strong <laughs> strong yeah. knows all the right things to do, all the right things to say. He knows. He knows. <laughs> Eric, you know, sometimes he's a scared little boy in there. <laughs> you know, but I'm working through it. Yeah. Well, it's, that's, you know, an amazing thing about the crypto art space is uh, how receptive everyone is to you know to exploration on every front i think the there are some people who live identities anonymously you know and then there are multiple identities which i don't know how the hell anybody does that because i could barely keep myself and second realm straight you know i get asked all the time are you so and so i'm like hell no i'm like trying to live eric and second realm's life i can't take <laughs> on anybody else I, the the freedom there is there's no expectation of identity it's expectation of idea mhm and identity, I think, is secondary in the NFT space to idea. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's healthy. Um, and I mean, I guess there, there's, there's sort of a... Um, benefit or an advantage to to being to being the new thing to being um to having to prove having something to prove you know it totally is there's um also the advantage of not a lot of expectation yes you know we have, I feel like I have a lot to prove to my peers, which are a small group of people that understand what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have anything to prove to the traditional art world, and that's freeing. Yeah. It's so liberating. It's, it's incredible. I just, I feel so centered in my, in my practice now that, you know, I don't get phased No, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Oh, well, uh, thank you, Biddy, so much for uh, joining me. This was super fun. This is super fun. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs>